put it on a shirt, turn it to a show Just to show this ain't a joke, I'm never gonna choke When I'm tying up the rope, so here we fucking go It's time to get real gas, it's finally here at last It's the doom and gloom podcast, it's finally here at last It's the doom and gloom podcast, it's finally here at last Doom and gloom podcast, it's finally here at last The doom and gloom podcast Hello, we're now live, so... This is my Instagram live. It's going to be episode one of the Do- uh, episode thirty-one of the Doom and Gloom podcast. I just need to invite Dickie Smiles wherever he is. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, had a lovely yeah. day at work, and now I've uh, been excited to do this. So. Nice. So, what is work for you exactly? Uh, I am a manager in a retail business yeah i try and keep it uh, slightly vague because i don't really want to say exactly where just in case there's some sort because of... it's like the social media kind of um, yeah, yeah, things yeah. you have to sign up to so i'm like yeah i just kind of work as a retail manager yeah that's so, fair that's fair so you've got do, do, you, do you enjoy that job or is it the yeah. the clothing are you hoping that the clothing line will become your full thing yeah i think that's the plan like eventually is kind of wheel it down to like go maybe two or three days a week at work and then yeah. do like part time with doom and gloom and then eventually if, if it gets to that stage where i'm making enough money then do this full time uh yeah but it's the... it feels like the dream's getting further and further away almost <laughs> i have but... the same thing so i there are times when i think shall i just throw myself into it and just fuck it, let's just see it if it works. Like, I need that extra, you know, on the edge of the cliff kind of push. But yeah. then it's just scary. It's scary to do that because, you know, I have I work full time at a workshop and I actually do enjoy what I do. And I'm part of a team that I enjoy spending time with. So that kind of covers my money side of things. Um, so the brand is pretty much just the dream really yeah um but you know i waver sometimes it's like i'm really focused and really driven um like i think you you went away recently didn't you yeah i got married uh when That's I was right. yeah i remember so reading like when you got weeks. back when you were gonna um you're gonna get back you're gonna smash it you're gonna really drive it and i get i go through those phases as well um and then life yeah, kind of yeah. creeps in and leeches you of your goodness <laughs> and you no it really and does then, i've um... been um kind of reading a lot more and, and thinking more and, and trying to like actually push and like say i'm gonna do something and do it which is like this for me the like instagram lives is quite like a massive step towards that because i'd always been someone mm. that's kind of makes wasn't really part of the brand and now i'm trying to throw that side of it because everyone I've, that I've seen do it has had a massive like reward from it that's a fact. It's amazing that you're doing that, and I really appreciate you messaging because, um, like, this shit makes me nervous. Like, to, like in person, normally I'm pretty sure of myself and just don't overthink it. But to sit here waiting for you to call, I was like, <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm gonna chat to someone, and there's gonna be a bunch of people watching, and that's actually that's kind of scary. So fair play. Like, I've thought the same thing. I've seen other people do it. But I've always been a little bit too nervous to press that button and just invite people over, you know. I don't even play online games, really. Like, I grew up playing solo games, you know. I grew up playing Final Fantasy. So it's like, it was just me and a game. 
36 hours. Um, and actually the, the whole online talking to lots of new people and them silently judging you. Yeah, that's a bit of a foreign concept for me. So fair play, I think it's a good shout what you're doing. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I've seen a little bit of rewards um, because I did one on Saturday and then one on Sunday. Um, what's that? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I saw a big, big old like reward from it. So a little bit more engagement, kind of people interact more with the posts and I kind of, I got a lot from it. So it was like, oh, I've been putting this off for ages, but actually mm -hmm. like no one's been a prick about it and no one's been like, you shouldn't be the face of the brand because you haven't gone off tattoos or, or whatever. That was like literally my <laughs> Yeah, like I, I do feel like a little bit of a phony sometimes as well. Like I, I've got a bit of a like skateboard community following with some of my stuff, maybe because it's just like silly, colourful stickers and shit like that. But I'm really quite rubbish on a skateboard. So like when I actually hang out with these guys, I don't really quite fit in with that crowd as much as I maybe used to when I was younger. Um, like I was at a skate park last night with some guys, fucking sick guys. Uh, from Canterbury, and um, they're all busting out loads of moves on this little half pipe, and I'm like, there is absolutely no way I'm getting on that half pipe. I've got to go to work at eight thirty in the morning. And I'm going to break my neck. So um, yeah, getting old now. That's the problem as well. I am totally getting old now, and I'm reluctant <laughs> to accept it. But like I, like at the workshop, there's a kind of pretty cool age gap where like I'm 36 now. My boss is like in his mid 40s and another colleague is in his 50s and we've just taken on an apprentice who's 19 so it's like we're all the different stages of well of, you know other than 60 plus or whatever but it's interesting learning from those people because they're like yeah you're getting old dude and i'm like no i'm not i refuse to accept it but it's totally happening man it's totally yeah. happening um yeah, body aches a lot more than it used to. Energy levels for me. Energy levels is the thing. Like, I used to be like, I have so much energy, I was probably incredibly annoying to people. But nowadays, I'm like, I just want to lay down a lot, actually. <laughs> I want to sleep. I'm, sometimes, I'm going to have my beer, by the way. Um, sometimes I have, I have my, um, I have enough sleep. But it never feels like I've had enough sleep. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Mm, maybe. I was someone that would um, get like four or five hours sleep and that would be enough to keep me going. Um, but recently, I think because of the age thing, I'm sleeping like eight, nine hours. And now I'm finding that's enough. Mm. The age thing is definitely there. Like, <laughs> Well, whatever. It's, I mean, it's. I think embrace it. That's all we can do, really, isn't it? Like, embrace it, enjoy, enjoy. I don't, I think there are things to enjoy about getting older, like being less, having less of a concern about things, giving less fucks, basically. Mm. Like, there's a bunch of stuff I don't care about as much now, and I'm so glad that I can let some of that shit go because it's exhausting, worrying, and caring too much about yeah. everything, especially no, what people. That's definitely a big one. Like I've now come to that realization, and I think I was joking with like Emily when we were like gonna get married or whatever. And I was like, as soon as I get married, I'm effectively gonna be like um, a bitter old man, like just joking around. And I was like, but actually, I kind of probably will change my mindset because like we're married, so I can be a bit more of like a well, I haven't. There's, there's less risk. I don't know why, but it just like 
triggered something in my mind where I was like, it feels like there's less risk now, so I don't really care as much. I'll show my face. Like, yeah. You, you just, yeah, you well, just Yeah, I think it's a good thing to do. I, I, I haven't quite got to the stage where I am accepting Crocs into my life, but I've seen, uh, seen my colleagues do it and they all seem to love it. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm just See, reluctant. I really want to do the Crocs because I know it'll annoy the wife. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be me. I would be the wife in this situation. I, I refuse. There's part of me that refuses to accept that Crocs will be okay. Hmm? Do you hear me still? Oh, sorry, dude. You went all crazy. Yeah, it looks like connection dropped. Um, Low Life League just asked, "What are we drinking?" Did I see yours was? Oh, red dude, I've got red yeah, stripe on the go, man. I've actually, I've actually doubled up just in case. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I got two. Mine, unfortunately, I've gone for a a zero, but it tastes alright. So. Oh, is that like alcohol free? Yeah. Nice. Just, uh, yeah. they normally taste disgusting. And I like say to people all the time, they taste like um, kind of wet cornflakes. It's the way I describe it. But this one actually tastes okay. So, Wet cornflakes because they're soaked in milk or just soggy? How have they got wet? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the soggy cornflakes when they're like, you put milk in it and they go like all mushy. And then you fry yeah. it and that's got that weird taste. That's why I think alcohol-free beer tastes like. Oh man! Wow, imagine brewing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I drink um, I drink a lot of oat milk now instead of um, yeah. dairy milk in my coffees, and I swear some, that on its own just tastes like Weetabix milk, you know, with that mushy kind of oaty shit that you get at the end of the bowl of Weetabix. Yeah, but it's I'm addicted really nice to it now. Coffee. It, yeah, it's really, really good oat milk and coffee. I like it as well. Oh, yeah. I've actually never going to go back. Like, I I used to glug cow's milk by the jug. Not right. No, from the jug. from Straight yeah. from the fridge. I used to, like, gorge myself on it when I was younger. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't touch it now. I'm just totally converted. I'm a proper snob about it now. It's really hard to make me a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's the trick, though, isn't it, where we were talking when we were younger, that, like, you had to drink a load of milk because it would be good for your bones, and that's, like, complete... Yeah. I mean, there's some... There's some truth there, but like it's quite a lot of myth, isn't there? Like, fucking Mr. T, Mr. T sang to the children of this country <laughs> and well, the children of America, I imagine, um, about listening to your mother and drinking your milk. Now, I've stuck to listening to mum, but fuck off, Mr. T. That is just wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, you actually get more calcium. You get more calcium from loads of other stuff than you do milk, and that was their selling point. Oh, what you got? Tom says, how is your shop going? Um, I think that's for me. Have you got a shop? Well, have you like got a shop? Actual... Yeah, like, do you, have a, do you have places that you um, sell your gear? No, that's kind of the next thing I need to start pushing, but I don't at the moment. Oh, you were, at, um, I remember you saying, actually, you wanted to open a skate shop, right? Yeah, it was like, a, there's somewhere in, in town that's got, um, right near where they've just redone the skate park. I wanted to do like a coffee skate shop. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah with yeah. an arcade machine, definitely. Cool. 
that'd be sick. I um so the, to answer Tom's question, the shop is going really well. So um, I kind of decided a while ago that because I I ran a market stall down the Harbour Arm in Folkestone, which was like this busy kind of shopping, eating, drinking area. So I ran a market stall down there on Sundays and it went really well, but it's really demanding um, being there present. I love the face-to-face, -face, chatting to people who genuinely like my stuff and actually communicating to them things that I probably don't tell them in my advertising because I'm not very good at selling shit online. Um, mm. But it, it's, it's demanding of your time and your effort. And also because I have, I have young children. So sometimes, you know, dragging two kids to a market stall in the pissing rain is yeah. on your weekend with your kids. It's kind of hard. So, um, yeah, I decided that I probably wanted to go more down the route of having my merch in other people's shops so that I can just kind of get away scot-free and do whatever I want. Um, and that's the direction I've gone with it. So I... Which makes um, sense, because I suppose the owners know you, they're going to kind of help sell your product a bit, aren't they? Because they're going to talk about it and be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know the guy that wants the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a mutual, it's like a symbiotic relationship. Like, I try and make products that are cool and people will like, and then if they sell them on my behalf, then they get commission out of it. So they actually make money by me making money. Um, and yeah. you just kind of got to be fair with the individual and their circumstance. And, you know, these are independent businesses that I've got all the struggles of being a small, unheard of business potentially. So I think that at this stage in the game, for me, the emphasis is on getting people to know the brand and hopefully love it as well and just become part of that growing family, you know, rather than just making a shitload of money, which is definitely not happening yet. But um, yeah, I suppose the short answer is that the shop is going well, but it's all an experiment. Like I've got, basically I put my stuff in two different shops. So there's one shop in Folkestone, which is like a, it's like a craft shop where local artisans can put their stuff in and they rent a small space. So there's anything from pottery to, my clothes brand to, you know, all sorts of shit in there. Um, but they're really good, really down to earth and they're really professional and they, you know, they do their best to advertise for you and sell their shit. And uh, the other flip side of that is the skate shop. So that's like a completely new enterprise. A friend has opened a skate shop um, who, yeah, you message yourself, Luke from Hive Mind Skateboards. Um, and that's just, it's just doing really well. He's actually had a bit of a bad run because he opened the shop and got COVID. did really well <laughs> and then got covid <laughs> so then he's out of like since he's opened it it's only actually really been open for like between five and ten days or something um so now he's like really getting back into it so i you know i'm doing my best to help him make that place a success because it's like for for him it's more than just a skate shop it's a gallery as well he's all about helping local um artists and it's not all about money uh, like he didn't even want to charge commission to artists to hang their stuff in his gallery. But yeah. I think the needs require him to at least make some money. Otherwise the gallery will close and then yeah. no one gets to hang their shit for cheap. So yeah, I'm doing my best to support him and he does a really great job of supporting me. So it's like, yeah, it's really cool. It's working really well. I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity really at this stage in the, in the brand. Um, the so, yeah. artwork you've done on, on his walls looks amazing. Ah, yeah, the murals. 
yeah, mm. they are. They were a lot of fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he did have an idea about what he wanted me to do on his um, uh, on his walls to begin with. He had an idea, which was fucking sick. He wanted me to take one of my characters and, you know, like, uh, cut him into pieces and split him open. And then yeah. all the guts and shit that would be falling out have loads of crazy shit in the entrails. And the dude was going to be doing like a, you know, when you get like someone does like a kickflip, but with um, like a quick shutter speed. So it goes bam, 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 bam. And you see all the different stages of the kickflip. It was going to be like that. Yeah. That was the that was the vision, but the the reality was that that was really fucking hard to do. <laughs> and um, I'd kind of got into I'd kind of got into the habit of going to venues and just freestyling my designs on the wall. Um, my a good friend of mine uh, runs this fantastic restaurant called the Bao Barum down in Folkestone, and it's all like Asian street food. And they asked me to go in there and do their toilets. And uh, I was allowed to do anything I wanted. Ghosts with boobs and like <laughs> loads of bowel puns. Like it was like the Bower Rangers and the Bower Puff Girls. It was just like stupid shit. But it, it showed me that actually, if you just crack on and get in there, you can just make some really cool shit without having to over plan it. And, you know, I was thinking about getting projectors and how am I going to make it perfect? And nah, man, I just bought a bunch of big pens and I got in there and I had I had help from some really good friends and we just like hung out and drew shit on the walls and it was really cool. So that's the ethos I took into Hive My Skateboards, which was just to have fun with it. Like I made a reference sheet and I um I drew on it, but I didn't like use it as a crutch. So I just kind of went with the flow and encouraged them to add their own bits to it. So actually it's not all me. In fact, there's a there's a mirror in the skate shop. We knew it was going to be up, so the space underneath the mirror was like holy space that was going to be hidden. So there's yeah. a bunch of stupid shit <laughs> drawn <laughs> drawn under the mirror because they wanted to practice and kind of get to grips with the pens because they weren't feeling so confident. So if anyone ever takes down that mirror, they are in for a treat because there's some cool shit under there. <laughs> But yeah, the mural stuff is the mural stuff is fun. Like, I really enjoy doing it, and um, it's nice to work with people who are willing to let you just be yourself. Um, mm. Looks like he's added a load of character to the store as well. Like I've seen some pictures, and like that looks so cool because it's like, is it on? Is it just two walls? Is it like one corner of it, or is it like the mm. whole thing? So it's like, yeah, it's t basically two walls in a corner. Yeah. Technically, three walls, because one of them has a straight and then a bit of an angle. So technically, it's three walls, but pretty much it's just a big corner of the shop. And um, yeah, so just kind of went for it, basically. And he was he was really keen to... Um, he didn't want me to treat it like a commission. He wanted me to treat it like it was my space. I wanted to make it all about Dickie Smiles, put my characters into it and try and get across some of the visual ethos of the brand, I suppose, which is like a bit mad and a bit positive and a bit pessimistic and just, I don't know, really just fun, really. Like, yeah, it was just really open, which I really did well with because commissions, I, I enjoy doing commissions, but 
especially when there's money involved, I really, it, as soon as I'm getting paid to do something for someone else, it's like I lose a bit of the drive and a bit of that creative flair. Here you go. What does this say? Is, could you talk a little about your lineup of characters? Love the aesthetic. Oh, right. The characters of the brand. Um, are you called cool to talk about that? Yeah, it's, I mean, this is essentially your chat. I'm just here to kind of talk to you. Oh, so. right, wicked. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> right, so the characters. So Dickie Smiles um, was actually born from originally uh, from, from me, really. So my name is Aaron Richard Miles. So Richard, Dick, Miles, Smiles. And my old, my old granddad, uh, he was called Smiler in the army. So it, it kind of just worked. Um, and my mate Baker calls me Mr. Smiles. So uh, Dickie Smiles was born. And then once we came up with the name, I, w I was already inspired by um, like Macbeth's artwork and old Fleisch Max Fleischmann cartoons and bandy-legged characters and all that artistic style. So um, we felt like Dickie Smiles sounded a bit like a kind of 1920s gangster. Hey, Dickie Smiles. Yeah. So that's where the, that's where the kind of art the, the the kind of artwork style came from and then we're like right who is this dude and then i wanted him to be positive but also have like a bunch you know like be like fuck it we're gonna die everyone's gonna die this is a sad but honest truth you might as well just enjoy your life as best you can and don't be a dick to anyone else that was the vibe of it but then so that's where dicky came from just the need to almost like i wanted to create a character that embodied the person I kind of wanted to be and try to be and care less, have more fun. Don't get to the end of the fucking line and have a bunch of regrets, you know? Is he the one with the big ears then? The straight yeah, up? so Dickie is, is the one with... Oh, Dickie's this dude, yeah? So Dickie's the one with the... It's a glove, it's a hand. It's a heavy yeah. metal hand. I'm fucking well into metal, so that's kind of where that came from. And then um, we've also got, on the flip side of that, I needed someone who was pessimistic because I'm a moody prick sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, right, come on, let's be like optimistically pessimistic and just kind of look at life a little bit like, fuck it, we're going to die, but with a little bit more heavy metal. Uh, and that's where Antichrist Mallard came from. So she is like the yin to the yang that is Dicky. And um, so Antichrist Mallard is a Satan-worshipping duck. And she <laughs> still has that same fuck it ethos, we're going to die. But it's a bit more like, you know, <laughs> it's a bit more sadistic, I suppose. So I pretty much used um, Mallard for my more pessimistic humour. That kind of millennial, oh, we're going to die kind of humour, like... I don't know. I've got a pretty dark sense of humour sometimes. I can't put it all on t-shirts. But what does surface, what gets through the... What I, what I do is I, I come up with jokes and shit that I think is funny. And then I send them to my mates in the group chat. And they're like, no, don't put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so then yeah. I, I use them as my filter. Um, so yeah, I've got Antichrist Mallard and we've got Dickie Smiles. And I, originally I also had... Um, a character called Sweatband Bieber, and there was also Toxic Bottle, who was pretty much just an embodiment of inebriation, which was another part of my persona. But I haven't used those characters quite as much. The, I focus far more on my two main ones, Dickie and Mallard. And mm. Mallard actually used to be, she used to be a, um, 
a guy when I first drew her and she pretty much looked like a dude in a gimp suit. Um, but then I found out that mallards are really rapey. So they're like really, they got really questionable <laughs> mating practices. So I was like, right. I can't, I cannot, um, I cannot choose a mallard, like a rapey mallard as my main character. So I like, fuck it, I'll make her a girl. And then she can be like, a, you know, like an empowered, badass fucking woman. And she represents, all, you know, I don't know, she represents strength and that kind of fuck it attitude, which I really like. And sometimes actually I swap the genders of the characters too. So I don't get too bogged down in he's a guy and she's a girl and they represent what they represent. Sometimes I switch them up because... I don't know, why not? It just seems pretty cool to be able to put boobs on Dicky sometimes and just, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's a, there's a definite style of all your stuff and it's really nice to see. The thing that like drew me and I think when I first came across your stuff was the um, the hats, not the hats, the heads you got made. Oh, those heads, yeah. Yeah, they're brilliant. They're so good. They drew me in straight away. I was like, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love those things, but they're really fucking big and um so basically i really wanted to just i don't know i just wanted to do something that i thought was maybe a little bit different and i love masks and i've been in bands for a while and i've always wanted to kind of go slipknot full slipknot with the bands but no one ever really supports me in that so um yeah i thought yeah let's get some big heads made it'd be fun and i was going to have a market stall so i had these big heads made by um, there's a company in Southeast London called uh, Jellyhead Studios, and they make loads of stuff for TV and commercials and whatever. So, yeah, they made these heads for me, but most of the time my kids wear them for me because you can't see fuck all when you're wearing these heads. Like, you're, it's really difficult <laughs> to do anything. So sometimes what my what my daughter does is she'll take my son by the hand, he'll wear the head, and then they'll walk around the market handing out stickers to people. Um, right. And yeah, so the the plan was was to when I used to have an Instagram plan, it was to you know try and sell shit on one day, show artwork on another day, and then show what was going on in the life of Dicky on another day. Immediately lost all that structure because life is chaos, and I'm not very yeah. organized. Um, but yeah, the plan was to give people. I didn't just want to be trying to sell shit all the time. You know, I'm, that's not in me. I want to create the artwork I create and I want to be able to, you know, to help enrich other people's lives a little bit with more than just shit that they can buy. So, um, yeah, I thought if I make these characters a thing, then people can just watch what's going on in their lives. And I'm not trying to ram products down people's throats all the time, which is, I mean, you must appreciate that's like one of the harder parts of, running the brand like coming up with shit and getting things made is one thing but then actually driving it into people's lives is a whole different yeah, skill yeah. set um yeah i've kind of i think that's where the um the stories is really good so like the grid posters essentially you want to showcase like some nice photos of stuff that you're going to sell and then with the stories it's been nice because you can just i i just share people's stuff that i like so if i see some like cool artwork i'm like oh share this this is then like tag them um or i started doing um it's like out when i'm out with the dog like take a photo nice no, yeah i dog. saw that yeah i saw that on your insta today and then I, had, I like i missed like a day or two and then i had a couple of messaging but like where are the photos i'm like oh that's that's kind of cool people do like that 
extra mm. non-selly crap. So yeah, yeah. yeah so um. Uh, the, one of the guys that inspired me to start the brand in the first place is a dude called Colin, and he runs the Quartermasters in Folsom. It's an independent brand. Uh, he's been doing it for eight years now, I think. Like, really successful in his little niche area. And um, he's fucking smashing it. And he was the one that taught me um, that the story element of an Instagram thing, feed, that's you know use that to let people know what's going on in your life like you're a human being running an independent brand you know yeah. we all we all obviously we all grow up seeing brands and businesses and companies being very professional and in your face all the time so that's it's easy to aspire to that but actually like do you really want to be that person you know so i think that actually for little businesses like us adding a human element is really important. Um, yeah. You know, because we're people and we've got lives. Yeah. Like, and people want to know, like, half they, they see a t-shirt, they like, they want to know that that's supporting someone and not just, like, someone gaining a load of money and, like, whatever. It's nice yeah. to see, like, oh, I'm buying something to help support them because I like them. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I... Making money, that would be lovely. That would be great. I'm well up for doing it. But it's, it honestly comes secondary to just the positive interactions and that feeling of, like, internal wealth, like feeling of well-being, wholesomeness, engaging yeah. with other creative people. Having, like, having, like, for me, it's my artwork. So ever since I was a kid, I would really enjoy showing the people that I loved a thing that I made. And that was how I kind of secured my self-esteem i think and i've not changed at all like i was six years old drawing pictures of people on surfboards and i'd show my mom's mate sally and she'd tell me that she loved me and i'm fucking still doing that now but now i just put it on t-shirts or whatever and it's basically just uh it's just my way of just feeling good i suppose one of those ways of feeling good um yes it's cool to make money but I don't know, when, when you start just focusing on making money out of your brand, it just, I just feel a little bit like I'm, that just kind of makes you like most other people, you know, most big, big businesses, you know, like, I don't really want to make that. If I could do it without making money, but somehow just still manage to get a hot tub, <laughs> then fuck it. Yeah, let's, I'll do that then. It's, that'll be fine. But, you know, we've got to make money, I know, but. Um, mm -hmm. I think that if, if that was if that's the driving force, I don't think there's any longevity in that. Surely, um, I uh, no, I'm I'm up for just making stuff that I like and actually staying true to myself. Um, is actually staying true to yourself is really important. It's, I'm I've been definitely guilty of making things that I think other people want to see. Historically, especially as a young artist, like. I got an art degree and I did it I did it all the way through that degree. Like I do little exhibitions and make artwork for places, but I'd like let them dictate what it was they wanted. So I'd end up making pictures of fucking flowers and shit. And I was like, I don't want to draw fucking flowers. I want to draw like skulls and daggers and violence and thunderclouds and chaos, apocalypse. But I drew flowers because I was being a little sellout bitch basically. So now I don't do that anymore. Like I make, I make a bunch of shit that people don't like and that's totally okay. Because then every now and then someone will message me and they'll be like, I fucking love that. 
I love that thing that you've done and it really means a lot to me as a person that I've never met. And, um, you know, someone messaged me today, um, a girl called Soph, uh, and they messaged me because they really liked a character that I put in my most recent Father's Day design. So I come mm. up with this tagline for a design, which was uh, dad on the outside, dead on the inside, yeah, right? Yeah, and, so good. Oh, wicked. Um, and I'm, I did this little flaming demon baby in the background. And Soph, um, they contacted me and asked me, they asked permission whether they could have that tattooed on them. And I was like, mate, that is sick. Like, there's absolutely no way that I would refuse that. Like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That someone, someone liked it so much that they were prepared to put it on their body. So, I mean, you get little wins like that, which make it really worth it. Um, as I'm sure you, um, as I'm sure you know as well, running your own brand. Um, but how how long have you been doing it for? Uh, Doom and Gloom, like two years, I think. Two years, uh, that's really good. And then it was something before that that wasn't really great. So mm. yeah, it worked because I had a brand before, I think in like 2012, mm. where I started it, and I really wanted to do it, and I um, but I didn't want to do it on my own. So I had my friend, my sister, and her friend. We all made the brand together, and it was not great. So it didn't really last. Mm. And then I tried to bring that back in 2019, maybe, and kind of posted that. didn't really work. And then fully, like, thought of the Doom and Gloom name, and I was like, how is that not taken? How? So, yeah, because uh, it's yeah. brilliant. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah, so like two years ago, I think it was about two years ago, I was like, right, let's change the name go for I'm going to do the designs I want to do I'm going to run it as me and see where it goes so yeah that's kind of where where it is but what it's become like mm. I was really really shocked at how was that name not taken I was thinking for so long I was like you need a catchy name you need something that people are going to remember oh doom and gloom everyone always says that like yeah not taken okay fine <laughs> yeah. yes yeah no, literally it's a, it's a wicked it's a wicked name man um I my I also kind of went through those phases of trying different names. Like the brand kind of, in a sense, the concept of the brand started four years ago. Um, mm. oh, it was on my Facebook actually, like four years ago, like yesterday or the day before. I made my first t-shirt design for a mate who was running a burger store called That Burger. And I made this design for him and we were discussing it. And he was like, you really should do your own thing. like you know let's get your stuff on your own t-shirts and back then i thought i was going to be called king crayon so i i got the email sorted and i fucking you know i got the instagram account set up and did all the things that feel like progress except the actual running a brand bit yeah. um so king crayon never became a thing uh and then i kind of got bored of it but then Dickie's, I, I guess because maybe I got bored of it because it had no real substance to it. It was just a thing that I thought it sounded cool. Whereas when I kind of revisited it and created Dickie Smiles, it had something more about it and put more depth to it for me, I suppose. Um, so yeah, so it's, I'm still doing it. I think it's been a couple of I feel like it's been a couple of years now for me as well. I'm not one of those people, like, you just smashed out a date then. You're like, oh, yeah, I think this was from 2012. I'm like, yeah. I'm not that person. So I know, I know, Anna Rubio's like... joined. 
Hello, Anna. Okay. Anna, I love that person. And I think Brad Wheatley's joined as well, and he's my best mate, and that's really cool. Oh, nice. Watch him. Yeah, wicked. No, nah. I, know, I, I know, like, 2012, because that's when that started. I know, like, 2019, because that's when I tried to kick it off again. But I can't remember, like, the exact date of, like, when this started. But, like, I see people being like, oh, it's the two-year anniversary. I'm like, I don't even know what date that is, so I just don't, like... I could just pick one, I guess. No one would ever know, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it reminds me, actually, Anna has just put, uh, just joined the video. She's an absolutely beautiful, wonderful person. She actually helped me. She was integral to starting the brand. So back in the day, uh, I didn't know shit about setting up websites and just the stru structuring things. Like, how do I do Instagram and how do I make my life work? And Anna took a lot of her own personal time and sat down with me uh, and, and kind of helped make it happen and really got the ball rolling. Um, mm. See, Anna actually, she runs, uh, she's just started an amazing project called Amma, and that she's a designer by trade. And what they do is they go out, man, I don't even, I'm so sorry, Anna, I don't know where it's based, but they go out to another, another country and they help um, tribes women, uh, sorry, they get, they work with tribes women to make, um, Back, bags that Anna's designed and then they sell mm. them here and then the money helps get fund projects over there and whatever it's just amazing projects so she's like she was actually really integral to starting the brand because she's got that kind of mind I really wanted her to join the brand actually and I keep like you started your brand with other people yeah I feel sometimes I really need another I need an Anna I need someone who uh, has got that mind for being organized and yeah. making things happen whereas i'm quite sporadic and I, I just i'm good at coming up with ideas and just blam 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 but then helping you didn't get any of that oh you hear me now hear me now <laughs> Um, no, it like the people I tried to start the brand with before they weren't really into it, and that's my massive like fall down. Like I was really passionate and trying to pull everything, but I felt like I had to run it through them just to get. Mm. And yeah, that was kind of like didn't why why I didn't really get anywhere. Whereas now it's just me, so I can just go. Do I like this? Yes, put it out. But like, if if there's somebody like that, yeah, her that's actually going to help, that would, that would be perfect. Yeah, I I do wonder about that. Like, I I love the fact it's just me because I can just be poor myself into it, and other than using my friends as like a uh, like a a filter for not being too offensive, um, mm. I pretty much just can do whatever I like. So I do worry that if I ever brought another person into the project, that they would, I don't know, it would taint it somehow or i don't know like i really wanted someone else to do my social media for me because it takes fucking ages but you're not writing your own posts you're not writing your own captions you're not put you're not pouring your personality into that into that which i think mm. that is it is important otherwise unless someone can mimic the way you are and the way you speak and the things that you agree and don't agree with and whatever um it's it's gonna be shit, isn't it? <laughs> it's not gonna yeah, be you. Yeah, that's that's the try the the battle of like trying to find people to help you and then it not working out or yeah, yeah, it's being wrong. 
Hive mind your bumper Clark. He's just joined us as well. Luke. Luke was Luke, why you oh, Luke? You you gotta keep you gotta keep trying with Luke. One day you'll get him on your little on your show. <laughs> well, that's why like I reached out to him when he was off because um I saw he was doing um not like live but videos and like explaining stuff like why he wasn't yeah, yeah. or he was park over his dog and I was like when he'll come on and chat to me, right? And then when he's like, no, I don't want to, I was like, well, he's doing more than I am. Like, I don't feel comfortable doing little videos while I'm out on a battle. Mm. I think that it's, but, but I think it's, but I think it's, a, I think it's a different kind of, I feel like it's different though, because I, I don't get nervous making videos and posting them, but this was kind of nerve wracking knowing that people are going to be watching you live you know so i get it i get where that apprehension comes from and i think also for luke um he's like just started a business he's just started this mm. business and it's taking up a lot of his time and his mental space as well yeah um and i feel like he would benefit probably from getting into the swing of it especially because he didn't he hasn't even run the shop for that long because he got covid so i feel like once he gets into the swing of things and, mm. uh, you know, he feels a bit more established, then he'll probably have a little bit more to bring to the table. And I'm sure in time you'll, you'll get him on your show. We'll have to just keep badgering him. Yeah. You need to Actually, lure him with, ah, oh, what are those crisps that you love? So this, it would be open if it was quiet. We'd have like a chat, and then someone would come in. Yeah, pretend, yeah, it would be amazing. Like, I feel, I feel, <laughs> you're a fucking badger, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> Look, I, I reckon that would still work. The thing about Luke, what you've got to do is, yeah, he's really into these crisps that are uh, Watsits combined with Twiglets, and they're oh no, is it Twiglets? Basically, he's he's obsessed with these crisps. You need to lure him in, like Hansel and Gretel, and then accidentally get, like trap him with an Instagram live, <laughs> and then he'll be. But just give him some crisps, and he'll be all right. <laughs> I think. I think also. I think that um, Luke borders on being more offensive than me. So um, no, he's definitely more offensive than me. Uh, so he was, he was a bit worried about just saying something <laughs> that you couldn't take back. On a video, you right. can edit it. You know, on a video, you yep. can edit it. But real life, like, people are going to judge you based on your real life. It's, it's amazing we have these relationships with social media now. Like, we get so used to putting out um, edited content that mm. we can we can control how people see us um oh they're called crunchy what what's it's i was down the public loo earlier and there was a guy with a bag whispering from a cubicle hmm <laughs> oh You're gonna have to say that again. Is that you? What, dude? Uh, Anna put in the comments that she her internet's really bad and it keeps like cutting out, or so she can't hear the audio. 
um, but this will be available yep. as like an audio podcast. So probably. Oh, next nice! Week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, oh, nice. so I've so been like, regardless... been stripping the audio and then putting it as a podcast. So the one I did on Saturday went live on Saturday. The one I did on Sunday is going to go live this week, and then this one will go live next week. So. Oh, nice. So yeah, because I'm finding that your um, the visuals, your visuals keep going blurry. So it's like it dips in and out of goodness. But yeah. I, the thing is, like, I, okay, so just to give you a little bit of context, I'm pretty much sitting in the log store where I, <laughs> on, on the land. I'm just sitting in a log store. Look, but, do you know why? It's because the Wi-Fi comes from in there and I live, hold up, I live in that caravan over there. So <laughs> I didn't want to risk not having, can, yeah. yeah, this is as close to, as, as I can get to the Wi-Fi without um actually sitting in sitting inside and it was a nice day so i wanted to be out here you know so yeah i'm just sitting in the log store but hopefully yeah if the audio is going to go out that's that's wicked then people can listen at their leisure yeah i see anything i found that's annoying about these instagram lives like the first one i did the lighting was wrong so i changed that the second one uh the audio the lighting was right audio was good the visual of me was really like grainy and not great mm. and then this one we both look good, but we both keep dropping out every now and then. But like, you, yeah, we look good. <laughs> yeah, it, like it shouldn't drop out because we both got like right near the internet. So like, why? Yeah, it's I've got like full. Internet. I've got full bars on my yeah. Wi-Fi thing, but I don't know, man. I live in the middle of nowhere, so I don't know. Maybe it's it's it, it, technology, isn't it? Bloody pain in the yeah. ass. Instagram is not trying to like screw us over trying to do anything to, to reach more people. Yeah, well, our, our three people that are following us right now. Hello, yeah, three it, people. It keeps going up and down. I think we got to about yeah. 10 at one point, 11. So. I think it fluctuates. Well, this this happened when, when you were talking to your previous uh, guest. Is this a show now? Are you a host? Yeah, I think so. It was episode you... 30, 31 of my podcast, isn't it? So... I've done so, 30 episodes of these. 30 episodes. That's really cool that you've... Um... So actually, I, I really... I think I... I thought that you were someone else. I think that I'd seen... Did you do a podcast with someone who's got loads of throat tattoos? And big tunnels? Because I uh... definitely... Or maybe it was just a model that you use. I think yeah. that I'm... I think that I got the def definite wrong impression. I thought that you were someone else. But when you popped up on the screen, I was like, oh, I recognize this guy. I thought that the person I'm seeing now was the guest on the previous show. Um, turns out that you oh, are. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. So on Saturday, the guy at the bar. Sounds like was Aaron, Aaron. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. OK, cool. So I thought you were Aaron. I'm also Aaron. Are you just trying yeah, to get all the Aarons? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny because that's the discussion what I had on Sunday with Dan saying about like that was my biggest concern about going live uh, and showing my face was that I'm not tattooed on my like neck, arms, I've got some on my legs, but like am I what you'd think when you think of a brand owner? Yeah, well actually it's really interesting that that's an interesting point because I I naively presume that the other guy was the brand owner. So I see where you're coming from with that, but mm. for sure, challenge that, challenge the shit out of that. Like, 
Uh, there's a brand called, um, I don't know if you know it, THTC, uh, the hemp trading company. Really big brand, um, all hemp pretty much. Uh, but they were like one of the pioneers for getting stuff made out of hemp because of the, you know, it's ecologically much better for the environment and um, a whole bunch of reasons, whatever. So, um, but I met this dude once because I used, I work at Boomtown and um, I designed all these hoodies for our crew and um, he comes and does stuff on our stage. He gives swag out to performers and they throw them out into the crowd or whatever. And you've got like 10,000 people in this fucking crowd or whatever. Um, and the dude asked to come meet me because he liked the artwork and he gave me a little goodie bag like with like a bunch of THTC swag or whatever. But he was so unassuming. Like he runs with his brother maybe um, this massive brand that are like deeply embedded in like hip hop culture, loads of rap artists like, but like, where they're shit and it's just kind of like counterculture because it's like using hemp and it's associated with weed and but you meet the guy and he's just like he's just a nice man you know he's there's no i didn't see any tattoos he just had a baseball cap on he just was, was just wearing khaki clothes and yeah he was just just a chill guy but the dude's mm. running a fucking and in fact my mate my mate tom very much the same the dude just looks like a dad. He just looks like a dad, although he's got a cool Mohican now. But he runs, um, he runs a, a chain of amazing barcades all over London called uh, The Four Quarters. And um, they're incredibly successful. And, you know, you can go there, you can buy it, you can get a burger or a hot dog. You can play all those old arcade games that we would have remembered from being a kid, like Lucky and Wild and R-Type and Street Fighter and whatever. But to look at the dude, he's just like, he just looks like a dad. Every time I've ever seen him, looks like a dad. <laughs> it's, uh, I yeah. think maybe, maybe, you know, looking cool is overrated, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, that was genuinely my biggest concern was like, I'm not heavily tattooed. I probably don't look mm. like a brand owner. Is that going to go against me? Back to just thinking about it, like one of my biggest um, influences, I guess, is Johnny Cupcakes in America. Yes, I looked at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The owner of that brand has no tattoos. So Mate. I don't know why I'd never thought like, oh, it's fine. And his brand is fucking genius, man. Uh, I he they were a big inspiration for me, like for some of my more grandiose ideas that I definitely haven't made happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having, I really like that idea of taking or creating a product and selling it like a different product. Like he makes t-shirts, but he sells it like a bakery. Like I've read that, you know, you go into their, some of their stores and all the clothes are folded in like ovens and yeah. the place smells of bakery, bake like a bakery. Now people accidentally yeah. go there to get donuts. So actually, I've just made a product. I've just had these amazing socks sent, sent over from Poland. And um, they are super bright, really vivid, vibrant. But they kind of, I've, I've decorated, uh, the design is a bit like a, um, the icing on a donut or some shit. So then the packaging, I complimented that. And it was inspired by exactly what Johnny Cupcakes did. Like, I've, mm. I've tried to make these socks and package them as if they are, something that you would eat like a treat um i actually called them feet treats because i'm really lame 
but um <laughs> but yeah i think I'm, I'm really into that idea of just be weird just be weird that's okay like don't just make what other people make it's really tempting to do that because you think right i'll just do i'll just do what everyone else does because it looked like it looks like it's working but yeah. that's the other thing i've learned is that um a lot of people look like they're doing really well in fact they look like they're doing better than you and they might not be man they might they're like and a lot of times they're not so you know don't lose heart just that and that's another thing that the court the colin from the quartermaster taught me is that you know because i get hung up on like followers oh so and so's got five thousand followers and we started at the same time and he's like dude just that is so irrelevant like it's yeah. better to have a small community of people who really love your shit. Hi, Chloe. Um, it's a, better to have a small community of really people who love your shit than to have like a hundred thousand people who don't give a fuck about you. Like, mm. and I, re I really, I do, I, I that ma that makes me feel better because social social media, because that's essentially the main tool I guess we're using for. Um, publicizing our stuff it also has a tendency to make you feel like shit sometimes you know social media can make you feel crap it makes you feel like people are doing better than you or that you're not doing good enough or whatever like you've got to have the right mindset and just use it as a tool and just you know focus on the positive shit like interacting with people collaborating with other artists like use it for its good side because there's a dark side to it too um yeah. it can it can wash over you and then like flood you and make you feel shit so yeah fuck how many followers you've got i guess like i've, I've still i've been doing this for like a couple of years and i still haven't got um i still haven't reached a thousand followers but i you know the people that do follow me they're fucking sound and they're really positive and they support me with by buying stuff and by just saying nice stuff. Saying nice stuff is actually really underrated. <laughs> oh, Chloe has no school on holiday summer. Isn't that summer? That's how summer holidays work though, right? Yeah, I think so. Wicked. That's awesome. That's great news. <laughs> Yeah, I think with the, um, the social media thing, obviously brands and businesses and stuff, they obviously, they want to portray that they're doing really well. So that's, they, they're going to put out the best version of themselves possible, aren't they? Like, here's a load of stuff. Or like, I sometimes wonder yeah. when I see people do the, um, the like photos of all the stuff that they're sending out. And I'm like, hmm, are they all genuine orders or are some of those like, just yeah, stuff? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. Like, yeah, I, th I think yeah. there's a lot of like trickery and, and fakeness to it, but. I, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I, it's so tempting to do that because there's, I don't know, there's two sides to it. Like there's like, you know, like dress for the job you want kind of side, like, you know, front it, fake it till you make it. Like that's, that's yeah. got value. That's got value, but that's more about having a positive mindset. But it's on the flip side of that, there's actually just pretending and I don't know, like, part of me feels like it's good to show people, especially because people may actually be inspired by what you're doing. 
Like I have, I've had people message me and say, hey, you look like you're doing really well. Can you tell me what I need to do? And I'm thinking I'm fucking doing, I didn't think I was doing very well at all compared to the people that I look at and they look like they're doing really well. So obviously it's very easy to put out the impression that you're doing well. But I think it's good to actually just be a real bloody human being and just be like, I don't feel, I haven't done that well recently because maybe it's my mental health isn't feeling very good. Maybe like, you know, you might be going through a breakup or you need to spend time with your family or whatever it is. There's a whole bunch of reasons why you might not be so focused on your brand, on your product, on your pretending that everything's awesome because everything is not awesome all the time. Yeah. That's the thing about like, that's the thing about brands is that you're essentially selling like a lot, like a way of thinking, a way of feeling, like a way of living. But it's all very well if you've got like a big team of people that can pick up the slack, like, oh, Robert's feeling shit. So, you know, Sandra's going to pick up the slack and continue past the baton and continue to let everybody know that everyone's feeling great. But when you're doing it on your own, if you feel shit, then that, that feeds into the brand as well. You either don't communicate with people or you lie about how you feel or you tell them the truth and say, I'm just a human being and I feel a bit shit at the moment. And that's actually a good thing to do because um, that's how humans work, basically. Um, idiot, hold up. Sandra would never, lazy. I tell you what, Sandra's, yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> so, um, fake Anna Lee, um, she very recently modeled for one of my t-shirts and actually, Big up this woman, right? Because I don't know what your experience is of um, dealing with Instagram models. Because my experience so far in the two years maybe I've been doing it is that most of them, were, my, my experience is the, the majority of people that I've contacted or been contacted by, and then I've sent them swag that I pay for personally out of my money because I'm a single working dad. Don't fucking even bother posting shit about it. Like there's this dude, yeah. like fake Anna Lee, praise you girl. Cause she actually, even though she's got a lot of shit going on in her life right now, she fucking made the effort to post some stuff for me and big it up, which is exactly what she told me she would do. And she did it. Mm -hmm. no, there's another the dude. There's another dude, I think his name was Jacob Malins. He's, the dude's got nearly 95,000 followers or some shit. He contacted me. I sent him my swag and he's ghosted me, man. He's fucking ghosted me. And he's like the third, maybe fourth model to have done that. Um, and I just think that's bollocks, basically. <laughs> um, I don't know, yeah. what's your experience? What's your experience of actually um, reaching out and sending stuff to people? Uh, so I've had a mix. I've sent, uh, sent her some stuff before. So he's always been really nice. Hey, can Ali? Um, yeah, I have a mix. So sometimes Of course, yeah. Good. That's how I found out about her for you. Sorry, yeah. I've just remembered. I saw her on one of your posts. She was wearing a pink. That's how I... Yeah, that I, I nicked yeah. her. Yeah. Thanks for that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's like all over the place, isn't it? So sometimes people are, are really good and they do post. Um, 
a couple of images, uh, some stuff, and it's okay. Other times they just don't, and then you're like, cool, I've just lost some money, thanks. Um, yeah. It's really awkward at the moment as well, because I'm, like, trying to get people to do, if I send them stuff, I'm like, I'll send you, like, two or three T-shirts, but I really need some, like, reels or something for TikTok, like a mini, even if it's just, like, an unboxing and then, like, how you style mm. the outfit or whatever, like, because that's how you have to play the game at the moment is the reels or the, the TikToks. Like, you need the video side, not necessarily a photo. So... Yeah, absolutely. This feeds into... Um, I just saw a comment previously. Can you scroll through the comments? What happens if I touch yeah, the screen? Can. Oh, is it going to yeah, go mental? Oh, we... Um, so... Oh, yeah, I've broken it. Um, this feeds into a comment that someone just um, asked us. How does the algorithm affect us? Because we are all uh, victim to the, the algorithm god. And yeah, yeah. It, it's true. My I've only just started doing reels. And that's a whole skill of its own. And actually um, just accepting that you are that person now that does TikTok and reels and shit like that. Like as a dad, I my every bone in my body tells me to run away from it because my kids like it. So I'm like, that's their thing, and I will just stick to playing Abe's Odyssey. <laughs> but you've got to embrace it. And the, the 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 reels, like my interaction, my engagement on the reels, it, it far exceeds um, what I get from a post. So yeah. um, even if people don't like or comment. Even if people don't like or comment, hey, Beth Rooney, come here. <laughs> well, mate, Beth's just turned up. She's trying to sneak past. She's trying to sneak past. Yeah. Look, here she is. Here Hi. she is. Hi, oh. hey, baby. Hi. Um, right, I'm just going to finish. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. She was sneaking past like this. <laughs> I'll be over shortly. I don't know how long, whatever. Just help yourself to whatever you want. Um... Right, even if people don't interact or engage, um, you get like 5,000 people, what's your thing? And if you've got mm. like some product placement or something in there, like you're slowly changing people's minds or whatever it is, and it's, I don't know, they're, they're trying to be the new TikTok, I think, basically. Um, yeah. And you've got to play, you, you're right, you have to play the game. You have to, you know, I've just, I've literally just seen on your, um, what was it called? Your story, you just had a video made, didn't you? Someone just edited this cool video. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That was um, uh, Dior Inks, I think his name's Olaf. Pretty sure it is, if I remember. Uh, yeah, he, I sent him some t-shirts to do some like photos for me. He did a, an amazing photo in one of them with like some pink underlighting, and it's like at night. And then um, he was just like, oh, do you want me to do anything else? I was I like, thought... yeah, let me see if then he sent you another T-shirt, and then he was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, honestly, I'd love a video. So he sent me that amazing video, and it's, it's so good. Like, oh, that's, that's, that's what, what you do. want. Yeah. That is what you want. You want, you want someone to – because you're going out on a limb when you send people your shit, especially because you're an independent brand. And where do people think this stuff comes from? Like, you are actually paying yeah. your own personal money. You're basically buying someone a gift. And, like, I don't know, like – my supply chain, I don't make a lot of money or profit on each sale. Yeah. So 
I'm essentially buying, I'm spending quite a lot of money to kind of like dress other people sometimes. And for someone to actually make the effort to, um, to actually put their time into creating something that is in line with your brand and actually shows like commitment and love, like that, that video showed that's made by someone who cares about how that looks. And um, that's yeah. really important, like, and actually to find, so I guess it's, I mean, I've been kind of unlucky so far with reaching out to people that don't care. Um, and I'm hope, I don't know, I started to feel like maybe I wouldn't do that anymore. Like, oh, fuck it, I'll just, I don't know, I'll just do it all myself. But it, you, that's also dangerous to, to have that mindset because collaboration is, it's really important. And it's actually kind of, it, it creates things that you didn't expect and that you couldn't create on your own. Um, yeah, I've seen people moan as well about like um, brands using the same models and influencers and stuff, but I think there's a yeah, reason. Yeah. It's because like, if one person that's relatively kind of what unknown, a couple of thousand followers, and they you send them something and they do a nice photo or, or a video, and then another brand sees it and goes, well, I'll work with them. Like that's why you use the same people because you're happy with the outcome. You're not going to take absolutely, yeah. Someone. Absolutely. Um, I've also found that the more followers someone has, the less likely they are to do it, basically. Um, and I think that, I don't know, it's, it's how many followers you have on Instagram almost seems to have become like the defining feature of how worth, like how worthy you are of yeah. bothering like I do sometimes feel like, oh, I, I would, I, you know, I message other models that have got a hundred plus thousand followers or whatever. They're not going to message me back. Logistically, they probably got a hundred messages a day turning up in their inbox and actually, yeah, they're not going to notice me. But also I do feel like Instagram is like a, con for some, it's like a constant power play. It's like, how can I, it's like every person is a run on the ladder. And if you've got less followers than me, then that's like stepping down the ladder. I want more followers, so I've got to get bigger all the time. Bigger, bigger, up, 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 up. I don't know. I, just, I hope I don't get to that stage because actually just working, like, even if, like, fake Anna Lee, what? she got, like, a couple of thousand followers. And, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility for myself to reach that relatively soon yeah but that doesn't change at all the person behind the account even even if she gets to 100 million followers she's still going to be that same person probably with a bunch more messages to deal with but it's actually like you know she's actually made the effort despite the fact that she's got no followers and maybe that's maybe maybe that's part of the reason why she's made more effort or people would because you know you you actually you you're, you're not, you've not got so far on Instagram that you can afford to not bother anymore, you know? Mm. I don't know. So, so it's actually... I see the comment from Mike that says, brand, maybe brands need to be more selective who they give things to, which oh. it, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because, like, people buy stuff, and I, I did it for ages where I wrote notes being like, thanks so much for your order. Like, if you feel like you want to take any photos, be sure to tag me. Like, I really helped out and stuff. And then the majority of the time, you might get one photo from someone yeah. out of every like 10 orders so you have to take punts on people when you send them stuff to promote but there's mm. no 
there's no like checklist you can't just be like you know you're going to do this this and this for me and then they say yes and you're like brilliant here's some stuff you just have to literally gamble on that they're going to do it for you to help you grow like, oh for sure like i i completely appreciate that comment but that how do you do that like how because yeah. like so take my most recent example of sending stuff to a model he bigged up my stuff out of the blue he actually approached he he reposted something of mine on his story and then immediately I'm like, oh, who is this guy? That's really cool. And then you're saying really nice stuff. And I check his account. He's got nearly 100,000 followers. I'm like, fuck, this dude is like, that's amazing. This guy is rep repping me. So then I message him and we chat and he's really complimentary. And, he, and I was like, dude, would you mind wearing some of my stuff for a shoot? And he said, I'd be honored. That's amazing. Like, there's, all, all of, there's no alarm bells here. It's like, this is yeah. really positive. And then there's lots of open communication. It's quite heartwarming, really, how, um, how nice this dude was being. And as soon as I send him stuff, I send him double the amount of stuff that I normally sell a mod send a model. Because he's like, oh, I'll have. Actually, to be fair, I should have maybe thought about this. Because immediately he was like, right, I'll have this in that size and I'll have that one as well. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He knows a lot about what he wants but that's cool okay cool I'm gonna, and i sent him the stuff and honestly i mean he's just completely ghosted me it gets to a point where you're like sending polite messages and you're like how do there is nothing you can do and then what do you do do you get shitty and then it turns out that they had a death in the family or he ran his dog over or some shit which happens like people have shit happen in their lives and they can't help that or is it that he has just got a bunch of free shit and now he can't be bothered? Or, like we were discussing earlier, mental health might be low. You know, like he might just be feeling yeah, shit. But then, but it's happened a bit too many times now for me to just think, oh, it's another person having a struggle. It's like, I do feel like, they might not do it on purpose, right? They might not do it, they're not, I don't think there's any malice, like oh, I'm gonna swindle this dude. Because some of them I've approached. But I think that once you've got the swag and, you know, it's sitting there under the cupboard or whatever, there's no, what's the incentive? You've been given, like, a map. if you got every morning, if you got paid before you went to work, would you bother going? No, you'd yeah, be like, exactly. wicked, thanks for my money, I'm going to go down the arcade and play fucking R-Type. That's, what's, that's what it's like. They're getting sent the shit and then they don't necessarily have to do it. But like, talking about being selective, this dude, you know, he modeled for other bigger brands. Like, that's, that was his thing. Like, I was like, dude, like this, this guy's put out some really good content and these photographs good, you know, he, he's modeling other brands with a similar ethos this is big thumbs up. And it still might be that I've got the wrong end of the stick and the dude's just very, very busy. But how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, even if you make a date, like I've made a date with a previous uh, dude, a guy called Billy Quest. Massive beard, super cool right. beard. And I was like, I want this massive beard to be wearing my t-shirts. You know, and shit went wrong with his photographer or whatever, or what, and then it got to a point where it's just excuse, excuse, excuse. The date went past and gone, and 
you get to a point where you're like, okay, now I'm just badgering you. You clearly don't want to deal with me anymore. And then they just ghost you and then you're like, well, what, do, what do I do? You can't mm, do... I suppose the, like, only, the only way around it is to find local people, isn't it? To work with and local like, people thing, and do yeah, the shoots local. yourself if you can, basically. Yeah, yeah local people so you can go around their fucking house. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bunch of comments. So, like Lee said, the amount of times he's been scammed by really big accounts. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we use the same models because they're professional, reliable and consistent. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think there's an issue with seeing one of the people I use to, you know, promote a t-shirt and then seeing them wear someone else's stuff. Like, oh, for sure. Like, the exact same thing. The yeah, between us and Fake Anna Lee, like, she's done the job for you. So I was like, oh, well, there's someone who's going to do the job. And then you say, hey, could you do the job for me? And then they do the job for you. And then you're like, wicked. Well, this is great. So then it's no, it's, it's no wonder that you're going to keep, we're going to, yeah, you're just yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just being shared around. <laughs> uh, and the mic says that's the shitty thing with the whole influencer thing. People just want free, uh, want stuff for free. Yeah, mm. exactly. Entitlement I mean, and who, influencers. And who wouldn't? Yeah. Who doesn't want some shit for free? I want yep. shit for free. I just can't be asked to try and trick people into giving it to me, and no one would anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I get it. Like. There's a bunch of human beings out there with all the, you know, all of the imperfect, flawed human being traits. And they've got this tool where they can directly influence another person into giving them some shit that they want. I mean, there's no, you know, all right, fine. I can see why people do it. But it's a bit shit when all you want is just someone to take us some nice pictures of your stuff. That's all you really want. That's all you really want. Because like... You don't want the pictures now, you want videos. Oh yeah, now you want videos, which is, that's even, like, are they, I couldn't even get them to make pictures for me. And now I'm going to have yeah. to try and get them to make videos. Fake Anna Lee, videos <laughs> are required. <laughs> um, oh, hold up, nothing wrong for stuff for free as long as they take a tiny amount of time and effort to acknowledge it. That, I completely agree. I don't mind yeah, sending it for free. As long as they're going to wrap it. Yeah, you'd expect like, uh, maybe, like I said before, like a photo of when they get the package or like a little unboxing photo. Um, and then, I don't know, a couple of photos. Literally nothing much. But now you, you want the videos, don't you? That's the, that's the yeah. thing which makes it so much harder now. Yeah. Soon we're going to need actually like, go. we're going to need vials of blood. <laughs> we're going to need DNA sent through Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I, the thing is, it's also finding people, like, I have weird ideas, like, I, what, I quite like doing photography that mimics the artwork that I made, so I once made a t-shirt design that was, the tagline was, um, nothing really mattress, and it was a naked, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was one of my naked characters laying on a bed. So I actually, I had a photo shoot and I was like, look, this might sound really fucking weird, but do you mind if we do a modest nude shoot to comp to, so we can make this picture happen? And she did it and it was just a lot of fun. And that's exactly what I went to um, Fake and Lee for because I was like, my picture's got someone naked in a bath of blood where, you know, <laughs> and, and she's a duck. Like, and she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm on it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, 
it's not happened yet, but it's finding people with the right level of weird to, um, for me anyway, to complement what you're putting out there. Yeah. Um, what's this say here? Oh, I don't remember clicking on I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, you are a feral dog. Uh, <laughs> right, what about your guys' print situation? Do you have stock or is it print on demand? So I feel like we're maybe, are we different sides of the coin here? Because I am. Um, you're both. Yeah, so um, I've got uh, a whole load of stuff already printed. Right. Sat right beside me. Yeah, like a load of designs. So I think that one. Yeah, I've got loads of stuff printed that I've had screen printed and it's got the neck imprint and everything. Oh, nice. Um, but I found that that was kind of limiting my growth. So, like, I would, I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four designs that like there older stuff mm. so i felt like i was getting stuck because it was um especially with the instagram feed i was getting like people to take photos or i was taking photos in the stuff i was trying to do all that kind of promotion but it would essentially be for a full t-shirt rotation yeah um which kind of got boring in the feed and i was like well, what am i going to do and then i've now switched to do a bit of the print on demand and that's helped massively because i'm able to like put designs out a lot quicker but the only problem is that the um, personal touch is like completely gone from it because like I get yeah. I get the order and then I literally tell my printer they print it and send it out. Um, so there's no like written note, there's no stickers, but it does mean I'm able to put more designs out. So it's the kind For of sure. Yeah, like I, yeah. Um, I'm a bit last minute. I'm not. I'm not quite got into the swing of doing shit ahead of time. So like Father's Day was it like on the weekend or something. Um, the only way I was going to be able to put a design out that people could legitimately buy and have delivered to their house is through print on demand. Um, mm. So I essentially have my business is well, it's twofold, really a bit like you, but um, slightly different to your setup. All of my online purchases are dealt with T-Mill, which is a Epicure supply chain. It's all about, you know, organic this and, you know, you can track all the products and where the cotton comes from and the factories, whatever. It's all really good stuff, but you do pay quite a premium on it in, in terms of profit margin. So the for me, the, the online element is more like just so I have that service to offer to people. Like I don't make a huge amount of money through it, um, but it means that I actually have very little responsibility. So that's all print on demand. My issue is actually getting people to the website, you know, like, you know, dealing with SEO, search engine optimization and marketing and paying for advertising and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm, I always feel like I'm barely, I'm barely juggling all the balls. It feels like I'm always dropping a ball somewhere. Um, but on the flip side of that, I basically, I, 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 I use the same supply chain because all of my shit can be sent once it's um, once it's knackered, you can send it all back, and they recycle it and make new t-shirts, right? So in order to maintain the whole reason why I use that supply chain, I need to make my physical products come from the same supply chain. Otherwise, I'm like got half of them is more ethical than the other. So I was like, right, fine, I use one supply chain, but it means that um, I have to buy my physical products as wholesale through my print on demand company 
which means I'm actually still paying a fucking mag mega premium um, for the t-shirt. So like, I pay like 14 quid a t-shirt. Like, and then trying to make a profit on that, it's, yeah, that's why you're trying to sell t-shirts for like 25 quid. Um, which, by the way, a lot of people scoff at on a market store because they're like, you can tell immediately they're not going to spend any money. But some people get it. Like, some people really get it. And they're like, right, you're an independent business. You're doing your best and you're trying to stay moral um, and think a little bit about where your product's going to end up, probably in the... Um, you know, in the bin. So then they'll pay a little bit extra for it. So yes, currently, for I don't know, I've not really done it very well because half my products are, um, you know, these t-shirts and hoodies and whatever, that's print on demand, it can be sent back and you can go to my website and buy it. But I get too excited and I'm like, I want to make hats. I want to make <laughs> stickers. I want to make, like those socks that you saw recently, right? So I'm... I'm getting other products made, but I can't sell them on my website because my website's provided by my print on demand company. So I've now got this real, oh. I'm fucked, man. So I've got like half my company's like in store only. You want to buy a pair of socks from me, you've got to come to this shop and buy them because. So, why can't you, you can just have, because um, I've got it, you just have a link free in your um, bio. Link to is free. Go to it, and then one section will be like sustainable T-shirts. Click here. Accessories. Click here. And the accessories uh, yeah. link. That's a brilliant idea. The accessories link could then go to like Big Cartel or Shopify, and that's just the accessories, and then everything else is. Oh, you genius boy! That's brilliant. Yeah. I've been ah oh, brilliant because I've been thinking about how to tackle this because I my nightmare situation was someone wants to buy a T-shirt and a pair of socks then they have to go to two separate checkouts. Yeah. So that, but that's cool. So, I mean, I think I, in my situation, if I'm not prepared to stop using T-Mail right now, which part of me is not prepared because it's easy. It's already set up. The website exists. I work full time. You know, like you, you're sending stuff out in the post. Like how does that, how does that impact your, you know, cause you work as well. Do you work, you work a few, do you work full time at the moment? Yeah, I'm quite lucky. So I'm either doing like a morning shift where I finish at three in the afternoon or I'm on a late shift where I start half 12 in the afternoon. So right, so you've got those time slots either side to, yeah. you know, actually focus on it and send stuff out. Like for me, um, so a little FYI, I live in a little caravan on a commune. So, uh, and I work in a workshop. So actually, no, I don't have a spare room. Like my spare room is a field. So it's like, I don't actually have space to to own shit uh, and then be able to send it out willy-nilly. So um, I guess for me, in order to be able to really uh, unify my business, I'm going to need to make actual life changes. Whereas, you know, the majority of people out there are living in a flat and they've got another room or maybe they can stick a few boxes under the bed or whatever. I share a caravan with my two children, so it's like... I've not really set myself up too well to run yeah. a hands-on brand. You know, we've got a little post office in the village, but yeah, I'm not really set up too well for that. So for me, yeah, that Linktree thing might be really good because I really want to make other products. And I actually personally find that in terms of like profit margin, if you're going to think about that, the profit yeah. margin on an enamel badge 
or um, you know a pack of stickers you're looking at that's not far off for most people it's not far off the, the profit margin of a t-shirt for me personally it's the same as a t-shirt my online profit margin for selling a t-shirt is the same as selling one enamel badge so actually the way that my business is currently going you know you just go where the money goes i suppose or where your where your heart goes and you want to, what, what you want to make so i'm currently looking at more like badges patches stickers it's there's a load of collectors for like enamel pins and stuff. They get oh, into our sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, so folks, I grew up in Folkestone. Mike Adamus has joined, by the way. Mike, how you doing, mate? I went to school with him and he's also probably <laughs> still in Folkestone. Um, I think that's the last time I saw him there anyway. Um, yeah, so um, there's a, there was a, there was a, there was a screen print company in Folkestone called Black Oak Printing run by a couple of people, they're lovely. And, um, but they also started a company called Life Club UK. Now, Life Club, I don't know if you're aware of it, but Life Club UK, yeah, yeah they got fucking, what, 200,000 followers or something. Like, they've got loads of people following them. They're so successful with their badges that they had a successful, uh, ecologically considerate, you know, like water-based, wholesome screen print company that was successful. like they were the only one in the town doing it and they were smashing it and their badge company has done so well that they had two businesses that were too successful who has that they actually between the two of them they that's two a good problem to have isn't it? yeah like they just literally had to choose a business that they wanted to grow because both of them were too successful so they abandoned the screen print side and there was a point at which it i potentially was going to be able to get all their screen print stuff and step into the business but make it dig smiles but someone else had dibs on all their stuff <laughs> yeah greedy someone else had all their dibs on the stuff and they got it all so that that you know that that passed but life club yeah so it goes to show just selling small items for a couple of quid for them has been far more successful than like i'm trying to sell a hoodie for 45 quid and that's because I, that's, that's the markup is not any different from a t-shirt, but that's how much money it cost me to make the bloody thing in the first place. Yeah, Life Club, they're fucking lovely people, Life Club UK. I see them tottering around folks and sometimes when I'm, when I'm down there, because I've got, that's where I'm from and that's where one of my shops is. Um, so yeah, selling badges and patches and the little things. Zines as well, have you ever thought about doing those? Or have you done yeah, them in the so past? That was the idea I wanted to do. Um, I did a, I think I spoke to you about it, or you said you wanted to do it, the um, sticker pack thing that kind of yes. didn't really work. You know what, dude? Yeah, you, you said that about going on your honeymoon. I actually started making designs for that. So if you want to pick that up, I've already got... It. So the problem I've got is I've got a big old box right here. And I've still got three packs full of them. Hmm. So the idea was... Uh, I think it was, what, five artists on it? Nice. Um, yeah, five artists, so collaboration, work with all the artists, send a bunch of them out to all the artists so they could, like, promote and give away and stuff. Um, and then it just didn't really work as well as I thought it done, so I got loads of them spare. <laughs> right. And that's what, I wanted, that's what I wanted to do with the zine as well, was, like, promote artists and stuff, to so do, like, Doom and Gloom cover and then... I don't know, a tattoo artist on the first page about them, some of their art. Yeah, yeah. Next page, oh, there's a, another brand. 
uh, this is what they do, and just can, like, do a load of zines, because mm. people love them, and they're not that expensive, and they might sell yeah. stickers. Well, that's exactly, there's, there's a, through the, through Hive Mind Skateboards, I've met a bunch of other local artists, so the, another guy that did the mural in there, this guy called Luke, and he, on Instagram, is called Les Nuk, like L-E-S-N-C-K, I think, really lovely guy, and he does, um, all, a lot of his work is about positive mental health and positive affirmations and just treats as well. And uh, he does. He's got a couple of zines on the on the desktop in the in the place there. And his zine is essentially like you're saying, lots of other local artists. Everyone gets a page, and he puts a bit of his yeah. own stuff in there. And it's just like it's just that the whole thing is about collaboration. Um, you can't imagine they're making a lot of money out of it, but it's like people are really seeing. It's just another platform really to celebrate other artists. So yeah, zines is something that I've considered for sure. I've got lots of ideas that I haven't yet done. Um, what I'm doing at the moment is, so you, in, you asking me to do a sticker collab inspired me to look into how that would work. So, yeah. but my, the way I'm doing it is slightly different because as, as I understand, you don't make the artwork, do you? You manage the company, but you um, work so with other got, artists? I've got some things that I've done, but not many. So right, about, okay. I've got a couple of, yeah, like I, I do art, but it's never... Uh, good enough so I have ideas that kind of I can yeah like I have dumb ideas that I can give to artists that turn it into something brilliant yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. problem I have yeah so what um because obviously I enjoy making the artwork for the brand and I feel like that's a big part of it um what I've been doing is approaching other artists and saying do you want a collab you take on three stickers and I'll take on three stickers and then we'll do a six sticker pack but one of the designs that we both make, we swap it over and the other dude edits it or finishes it. So then two of the stickers become actual collabs and the other four stickers are just like solo. But we do it to a theme. So with this guy, Lesnick, um, Luke, the theme is Secret Garden. So then, because a lot of his artwork is like creepy crawlies and like, you know, millipedes and butterflies and flowers. So it was like right up his street. So we've given ourselves a theme and then we both work to it, but then two of them, we swap it over. Um, so it's yet, it's yet to happen. Um, I did a collab with uh, Hive Mind, Luke, uh, another Luke, different Luke, who you've messaged. Um, but on that one, because he's so busy with the shop, I did the majority of the designs and then he did one design, or maybe two. So that's not quite worked to the same spec as, the, uh, as this new plan, but, it was lovely, like he, what was, what was lovely that he made a design with me in mind and that, and he incorporated my logo and my characters into it, which was just amazing. And what I think is yeah. quite nice is, is to do a blind bag. So you remember that, the thing is like, we've got to try and pick up on some of those corporate bastards tricks. Like they got us hooked on shit like um, Pokemon, Pogs, uh, so Yu-Gi-Oh. Pogs is the one that I always wanted to do. Yeah, um, but you do know what I mean. Like you don't yeah. know what you're gonna get. That's the thing about it. That is, it's gambling. It's gambling for children, right? So they are creating a system where you pay, but you don't know what you're gonna get. You might get something amazing. Like yeah, this uh, bells and bikes mystery box. It's essentially what what it is. Every single time that pack is a mystery box. Mm. So what we're gonna try and do is capitalize on that part of the human psyche but 
not quite as like big i suppose as like these big pogs or whatever so what we're going to do is we're going to do six designs some of them will be hollow foil and um you know to see how it works like it's just fun you know it's just a little bit of fun it's not gonna make us a million dollars but yeah, i think um rock dead did it last year where they did i think he had like 30 cards like playing cards and it was essentially you buy something you get a pack free and then you open it nice. and you got and then so yeah, that thing is is the thing I think it would encourage a lot of people like our kind of age to buy them or buy products or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a really nice idea actually. And it's uh, what I'm aiming for is like you, you do with your sticker packs. It's an opportunity to help elevate another artist and just say, look, this is another person that makes some stuff. That I, I like them, they like me. You know, we like each other. Everyone loves each other. So yeah, it's a great opportunity to to um, to like showcase other people, which is actually it's kind of wholesome, you know. It's like in a in an industry where we're essentially trying to make money all the time. It's nice to stop and just enjoy helping someone out, or mm. you know, just kind of like enjoying their artwork and not just especially because I make the artwork for my brand all the time. I can become very like tunnel vision on my own stuff, my own vision, my own thing. Uh, I don't, I don't easily give away control of um, the artistic or the creative direction of stuff. So to force yourself to do that with another artist that you like is actually really good for you. I think as an artist, um, just to embrace whatever there is that they come up with. And if you get to sell a few packets, then wicked. Um, the trick is, I think, I'm struggling with some of my products, is making stuff that isn't going to be here in a landfill for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, so that's that's one of the issues with marrying vision with the kind of the understanding that we are actually, in our own small ways, fueling quite a destructive industry. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to do my best to make it less shit. Um, but it's difficult. Like how, do, you know, if you, I, I've been given paper stickers and they're shit, <laughs> you know, they like, I, yeah. I whacked one on my van and now it's just smush. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but the sticker, my own sticker that I stuck next to it at the same time is still there. And then I don't know, it's, can we, there, either there needs to be there needs to be a shift in technology where we have products that last a very long time but products that last a lifetime but not beyond that so we get to enjoy it for our life but then it dies with us or a shift in um our relationship with products so embracing the fact that it is temporary um and embrace like with the the thing of, with the t-shirts that I do at the moment with T-Mill, the reality is you wash those fuckers at sixty degrees and you fuck up the print, like you've ruined it. Like it's yeah. gonna fall to it's gonna, but it's it's not because it's a shit product. It's because it's been made in an ecologically considerate way and it needs to be treated differently. But when you do mess it up, you can send it back. And, but yeah. no one does. That's the thing. Who does that? Just look and see if I can find the book, but I can't see it. Um, Patagonia. 
I read their uh, book and they do a, if like any of their products break, you can take it back to their store and they'll fix it in front of you. If they can't, wow. they'll send it back and it will be fixed, but they'll give you a brand new one. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're, they're... What, what, what kind of products is that? Uh, they started off doing like uh, mountaineering sportswear stuff, but now they're kind of like a lifestyle-ish, trendy brand, I guess. Nice. That's a really good ethos. But I, I don't know. It, I, I guess maybe the new generation, the newer generations will have a better um, adjustment period for that relationship with new products because... I'm the brand owner of Dicky Smiles, and I've got a bunch of defunct T-shirts, things that got messed up in the wash, or they just ended up getting fucked up. And I still haven't sent them back to Team Mill to get them replaced. And I own the brand, so I'm like, what hope? You know, how many people are gonna do that? Are they actually gonna send it back in the post? So it's kind of got me thinking, when thinking about like sustainability, is it more? Is it just as sustainable to try and source ethically produced, like raw materials, products, t-shirts, blank ones, and just get things printed locally? Because even though I'm using an ethical supply chain, you can't avoid the fact that your cotton is going to come from India, right? Uh, pretty much. But you can track where it comes from and where it goes to and how it gets to here and um and what kind of relationship you, you, the business has with the factory and are they treated well and whatever um oh i've lost my train of thought so yeah it, yeah but the, essentially it's still coming from the yeah but it's been printed in the isle of Wight, so it's still traveling a long way like the carbon footprint on your t-shirt is still massive whereas mm. you could you can't avoid the carbon footprint of cotton coming from um, India, because currently we can't really utilize hemp here in this country or in Europe. Uh, I've, I've, I looked into getting hemp for my t-shirts and I think the closest place was like Slovenia or somewhere. And it was just, it, it wasn't very viable to be honest. Um, so you, the carbon footprint of what we make is pretty much, is pretty high already. So if you can reduce that by simply having it printed locally hmm. and then you send it in the post yourself, then I don't know, maybe does that counteract yeah. the fact that... See, I know, you've, I know you've got no space at the moment, but have you thought about like printing your own stuff? Because I know... Uh, oh, for sure, I have thought. ...has started doing that. He was in the comments before. Like, he started printing his own stuff to make it, well, to keep his brand alive, essentially, because he's doing it for other people as well, so... That's a good idea. Like I've, I've honestly thought about that several times. I actually went on a screen print course. There's an amazing project in South London. Is, would you call it a project? They're called Minesweeper Collective. They contacted me a while back on Instagram. They're fucking sound. The dude that I dealt with is a guy called Kevin, a French guy. Really cool. Me and You know that girl who popped into the video earlier? Um... That is Beth Reno or Joinery Journal um, on the Insta thing. Right. Me and her went up and he invited us up. He's like, look, come up and I'll teach you how to, um, how to make a screen, how to clean a screen down and how to expose a screen. And he did it for free. He's like, look, I'll give you a couple of hours of my time. I'll get you started. If you leave and want to do more, then come back another day and it'll cost you 40 quid. And then once I'm, 
uh, feel confident that you can use the gear, you can rent the studio for five pound an hour. So I'm like, that is wicked. So for people that are local to him, Minesweeper Collective, that that's a really that's a really wholesome and easily accessible way of printing shit and learning how to do it yourself. Uh, and also he does like he does like screen it, it does like print your own t-shirts and shit at events and it's all just very like um like do it yourself vibes which is really nice yeah. uh just very indie and just i don't know it's not corporate by any means but yeah i've considered that that i actually feel like maybe the act of printing my own stuff would actually feel a little bit cathartic as well like i'm actually i've not just designed it but i'm actually making the thing and then like you say you want to put like adding those personal touches putting stickers in Adding, adding a little note. The best that I can do is, which fake Anna Lee will attest to, is that some, if I send out samples to people, what I essentially have to do is buy the sample for them and then put their address in. So I get to write all the information in. So then I get right. to leave a comment on the thing or change their name to make a funny joke or whatever. So that's my only opportunity to add a personal touch because I can write <laughs> something in the address or whatever. And then when they receive it, it will say, you know, to the whatever it is that I wrote that I thought was funny, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to, uh, yeah, screen printing my own shit would be good. I'll, I have wondered whether, whether there'll be space in Hivemind to um, have a little screen print set up. Uh, I've not quite, I've not quite got to that stage yet, to be honest. Again, it's another leap, isn't it? It's like you work full time, you have your little life. Someone's doing all the work for you. You're not making a lot of money, but you're making some money. Um, so it's difficult to choose to take on more responsibility, you know, to take on more time-consuming um, mm. arts. Yeah, he is a kind in. Um, okay. Oh shit, I keep tapping that. Right, I need a wee. Yeah, I was I thinking, like, three, three wrap it up because I know you've got your friends. Let's wrap it up, wrap it in. Yeah, um, I've got uh, a whole bunch of questions that I actually didn't ask, so we'll have to. Uh, I think I've said it to loads of other people before, but like, we'll have to come back on in. Oh, for sure, like, yeah, I'm up for it. Or something, and then we'll have another like, little chat. Yeah, I'm up for it, absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. Maybe I'll do the pod. I'll do it in the toilet next time, and then I won't right. have to leave in order to be able. <laughs> we can carry on. Work, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's Faye Cannelly saying? She says, "When I packed orders, I used to offer something weird, where they had to pick something uh, bizarre scenario, and I had to include it in their order. So sometimes I'd hand draw a penis in a top hat, and other times I was photoshopping shark heads on jelly <laughs> That sounds amazing. She said a comment before." Um, did you have a clothing company before? Uh, like Fake Anna Lee? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. She mentioned how she had a business before. Yeah, was it a clothing company? or? I feel like she may have told me, but I've definitely forgotten. Hmm. So what was it? Fake Anna Lee. Before we go, we've got to know. Oh, it used to run Dole and Bone. Brilliant name, by the way. I've never seen Dole and Bone. Dole and Bone. Pretty Maybe. cool now. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was just thinking, I can't remember if I ever saw it. 
Started on jewellery on Depop, then moved into clothing and accessories and prints and whatnot. Nice. So what is that? They're all, oh, they're still going. Nice. Yeah, prints and all the other bits are, that's another fact, that's another that whole element of the business that I neglect probably. But I actually find that they are a pretty good outlet for some of the more risky stuff that I make. It's one thing having something bordering dark topic or offensive on a print in your home and there's another yeah. thing wearing it on a t-shirt. So I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like some of my more risque stuff um, should probably just be put on badges or um, like my, okay, so this is going to sound really morbid, but you know, I just, I just did that Father's Day design um which were you know the dead dad thing no not dead dad the dead inside thing my yeah. cousin contacted me and she was like because her father died when she was young and she so my tagline was dad on the outside dead on the inside and she messaged me she said if this t-shirt was for my dad it would say dead on the outside dead on the inside which was so bleak <laughs> it was so bleak but i was like mate i'll make you an honorary t-shirt called the dead dad's club and it became a thing like i've not done it um and it's only blossomed because my cousins approached me who has lost her father but it turns out her best friend lost her father and then my boss lost his father and then it's something that when i stop and think about it there's so many people in my life who understand my humor and share it with me and they've all lost their fathers so dead dad club is probably going to be a thing but to have it on a t-shirt might be a bit much but you know they might wear a badge or have a print or whatever so it's numbered prints would be the one wouldn't it like limited to yeah yeah that's true that's the, that's the downside to print on demand is that there's not they're less i don't know in a sense that it's difficult to make them more special you know like you can't have a limit it, how do you do a limited edition you know so it's mm. like when do i decide to withdraw my products from my website if they're continuing to sell like I don't know. Anyway, what were you going to say? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, it's quite nice we had, like, a lot of uh, interaction in the comments. So it was nice to get... Oh, yeah, I love that so much. Like, I, I was really... I was quite nervous about doing this, actually. But it's been, it's been really lovely um, having people chime in and give us things to talk about. Because that's something I worried about. I was like, why if we, like don't have anything to talk about <laughs> yeah someone says that to me and they're like well what, what what's what's your process and i'm like literally i think of like um i talk to the person find out a little bit about them and then i think of some questions and i write some topics down like I've yeah. done here, so i've got a notepad with a load of stuff didn't even need it today but like just in case I, i'm like oh uh and then i can ask something because if there's a bit of nice. dead air it's easy and then i try and get the other person to do the same i'm like think of some stuff yeah sorry i didn't do that yeah <laughs> i uh i um, I did put a thing out like you. I put a post out on my story. Did anyone fucking yeah. respond to it? Did they bollocks? No, no, I mean, no one's miserable at the moment. They used to. People used to be really interactive. Now they're just not. Yeah, pricks. Oh, well. <laughs> well, I think we did a good job anyway. But no, I'm. I'm. Well, look. Keep your list of questions, and um, yeah. I'll I'll come back on and we'll chat more yeah. about. Just stuff. do like a couple of months' time. Do another little live. Maybe get some more people in. Yeah, but well, good. Yeah, man.
And we'll, um, yeah, I'm up for some kind of, some form of collab. Do you know what? Even if we don't do the collaborative sticker design thing, I've literally designed some stickers for you. So um, if you want to use these designs or yeah. just whatever, just, I don't know, just have some fun with them or whatever. Maybe we could do a, um, I could do some t-shirt de uh, designs for you or something. And then, uh, you, know, really cool. you know, add some of the dicky silliness but it will be doom and gloom collab, like a crossover or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll definitely we'll do I'll message you after this and we'll, uh, we'll figure some stuff out. All right, man. Well, I really need a wee, so I'm going to go. <laughs> nice one. Thanks for coming on. Bye, right, dude. Nice one, dude. Oh, wait, dude, wait, wait, wait. What is your name? Ian. Oh, it's Ian. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice to meet you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of skipped the intro a bit and just got into, yeah. like, full on into the conversation. Yeah, so. just, I think that's because I was a little bit like, I was a little bit pumped up. I've been sitting there staring at my blank screen for 10 minutes before you rang me. So I was like, <laughs> straight in there. But yeah, Ian, nice to meet you, man. It's been wicked. You too. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bit, dude. All right, bye. Cheers, guys.